0: welcome to history for weirdos the podcast episode 39 i was trying something different (laughs) (laughs) but i didn't know where i was going with it right so welcome back weirdos Welcome back, weirdos. This is episode number 39 of History for Weirdos, and Andrew has a story for us, I presume because I do not.
1: Right. So oh, I'm, you, I, I'm <laughs> supposed to... Uh, uh, but, uh, 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 uh. It's your turn. Oh, uh, It's my turn. Well, yes, as Stephanie said, welcome back, weirdos, and uh, we apologize for coming out a day later, but I just had too much stuff to do yesterday, and... Um, Yeah, here we are, so...
0: Progress over perfection.
1: Exactly. (laughs) Well, weirdos, I actually have a pretty good one for you guys today, or at least I hope so. This, I'm gonna talk about one of, like, one of the cooler folks that I have ever, you know, researched, and he's been actually kind of, I wouldn't necessarily say a hero of mine, but Mm -hmm. he's been someone I've definitely looked up to since I was a little kid. That's so cool. I know, and so now it's, I feel very honored to be able to... Uh, do a podcast episode on him. And who is it? Well, before I even tell you who it is, I know that you also admire him. So I want to get that out of the way. And he was a historical figure who pioneered the acceptance of a sport into the mainstream society.
0: Uh, was he a um, um, um one of those, like, fast walkers? The wiggle walkers? Those people no. that wiggle and they walk really fast? I don't even
1: know. I couldn't even name you a single wiggle walker. Okay. A wiggle walker. A wiggle walker here. Anyways. And, in fact, you know, I just honored uh, today's subject by catching some tasty waves over the weekend. <laughs> oh, my God. I hate myself. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? And again-
0: <laughs> Why is there so much... So much like preamble. Why won't you just tell us?
1: Because I'm trying to build up, okay? Why
0: won't you just tell I'm, us? Like, it I'm is? building
1: up. And the <laughs> I actually have more stuff.
0: Oh my god.
1: But, anyways, okay, I'll, I'll just skip it. I'm speaking, of course, about the great Duke Kahanamoku.
0: Yay! Duke Kahanamoku.
1: Yes, and I also have an embarrassing fact to admit. Um, so I've been pronouncing his name wrong for years.
0: Me too, because I heard Andrew say it, and I was like, that must be how you say it. And yeah. so I've been saying it wrong.
1: Yeah, and I'm not even going to say what how I was saying it. Let's no. just, I, it, was, it was wrong.
0: And you, did you look up the correct pronunciation? Well, it
1: was actually a, a gentleman I work with at work who I was talking to him about it. He's like, you mean Kahanamoku, right? Oh. And I was like... <laughs> Oh, that's how you pronounce it. Oh, shoot.
0: You didn't look it up on like YouTube or something. I've done that sometimes with our more challenging to pronounce. Well, I re- I knew
1: how to say it now. Uh huh. Before like you just
0: trusted him blindly that he wasn't. I mean, I you also over.
1: like it, it phonetically. It also s- makes so much more sense. All
0: right, I don't trust people as easily as you do. <laughs> I mean, like, he's
1: from Hawaii, so I would I would expect he knows. This
0: would make me. Question he's from it. Honolulu. This would make me question him more. He's trying oh. to make me look like a lame Damn. ass mainlander who can't Dude, say the name. I
1: know uh, how or something i don't know what the, the yes i think it's a derogatory name for uh mainlanders good good we need
0: those yeah okay so it's duke kamanamoku
1: <laughs> yeah duke kahanamoku
0: kahanamoku
1: kahanamoku
0: and he is quite an icon he's
1: an icon yes he was born in 1890 on honolulu in the kingdom of hawaii oh that's yes so cool. yeah yes it was a kingdom when he was born
0: that's so cool.
1: Um, his And his name is actually Duke. It's not a title. This is a fun fact. Um,
0: Did people think it was a people title? People thought it
1: was a title. He was named after the um, Prince of Wales, or the Duke of Wales.
0: That's who they named him
1: after? Yeah, or like his grandfather named his, his father after him, or something like that. And so then it kind of became like a family, just Duke, became a family name.
0: That's actually really cute.
1: I know, I know it is. I like
0: that. What's and another title that that's, could become a name? It's
1: not his only tie to the English royal family. But I'll get into that at the very end of the episode. Okay. No spoilers yet.
0: Okay. Cool.
1: Um, So he was actually from a minor prominent family on both his mother and father's side um, within like kind of like the royal hierarchy of the kingdom of Hawaii. Okay. Uh, and they were the, oh, I'm going to butcher this, the Pau, Pau, I am so sorry, listeners, P-A-O-A, Pawa maybe. maybe Paua. just Pawa, Yeah. And the Kahanamoku families. Uh, and then family is Ohana. Respectively. Yes.
0: Yeah. Ohana means family. Family means no one gets left behind or Thank forgotten. You. Thank you. Stitch.
1: I was hoping you would say that, so I didn't have to. <laughs> During his early youth, he spent much of his day either swimming or surfing, no surprises there. Mm-hmm. He surfed on a traditional Hawaiian surfboard, which is very, very different from the surfboards that we have today. Those boards were called Papa Nui's.
0: Oh, cool. I didn't know that. I don't think I've ever seen one.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, they're, they're so... Ancient, I guess maybe they would you see them in museums now.
0: That's so crazy. You're right; they're probably very ancient tools.
1: Yeah, they are. They're like they're from like ancient Hawaiian. So they're they're like based off like ancient Hawaiian surfboards. Very cool. Um, they were yeah, they're which were called olo boards. Um, and first of all, it was made of wood. Yeah, yeah. So they were made of wood, as opposed to like the carbon fiber or like the more. I have a surfboard. I can't even Nate tell you what it's made out of, but it's something cool.
0: Are, so surfboards are no longer made out of wood? No. I thought all surfboards were made out of wood. Wait,
1: no, you're, you're messing with me.
0: I'm not. Like, they look like they're made out of wood, and in the, the movies and stuff, they look like they're made... Except the little ones that go, like, really fast.
1: So when we were, like, surfing on our honeymoon, you thought you were on a wood board?
0: No, but that was, like... For like the tourists. You know what I mean? Like I thought like real surfboards <laughs> were wood.
1: So you thought that board over there was no, wood. No,
0: because you are always bragging like this is a board, you know? Like and so I'm like, okay, so it's not wood. That's all I've heard you say.
1: Uh, okay. I'm I'm kinda stunned right now. So I'm just gonna move on in the story. I'm here. so confused. So the wh- Budweiser
0: surfboard that we had in my house growing up, the little one that we kept over the wet bar was wooden. Okay.
1: Anyways, <laughs> moving on with the story oh god i can't even okay <laughs> i'm not even gonna go i'm like i was I had more on the type of wood i'm just gonna skip it because i just we just need to move on so his board was like 16 feet long by the way so okay and you're kind of giving this blank look modern like long boards are roughly like half that length okay so it was really long oh, i'm and- starting
0: to think that my idea of surfboards is really aligned with like a more traditional hawaiian old like school, like traditional
1: sur- as in like ancient like
0: yes that's what i think i think of really <laughs> long pieces of wood
1: oh my god you're too funny
0: i'm from california
1: i know This Is what i think you're and, from the beach in california too
0: and all the pictures of the old surfers all over like santa monica and malibu their boards are ginormous
1: they're super long but like they
0: and they look unless like they're they made out of wood. really
1: really old like those pictures really 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 old like They're probably not made out of wood.
0: What about, like, um, when surf culture, you know, became cool again, like, in the 50s, and they had all those, like, beach movies and stuff?
1: I actually don't know. That might be a good point. I don't know if they were made out of wood then, or, like, if they made the move to, like, carbon fiber or something like that, because they had a lot more synthetic materials in the 50s.
0: That's a good point.
1: Actually, and I, I, to be honest, I really don't know.
0: I'm gonna look it up later.
1: But um get get this that Mm -hmm. this 16 foot long wooden surfboard it weighed 114 pounds
0: that's a lot of pounds
1: yeah uh mine i don't even know how much it weighs it's probably like a tenth of that
0: so that's like you need so much muscle to even be able to carry your board dude this
1: dude must have been strong i'm sure but needless to say he was a badass if you didn't already know that Mm -hmm. um and it will he just does more and more badass things as time goes on he was just a natural athlete that's the big thing to kind of focus in on here Um, especially when it came to the aquatics, Mm -hmm. um, he, in fact, he was just so good at swimming that he, and surfing that he eventually just dropped out of high school. So he could focus more of his time and efforts into swimming and become like, you know, hopefully become like professional. Um, in the meantime, in order to make money, he made and sold surfboards on the beach.
0: That's really cool.
1: I know. I was like, man, that is really dope.
0: Mm -hmm. That's a good idea.
1: In the summer of 1911, uh, he eventually had a chance to encounter, uh, or he had a chance encounter, excuse me, with a man by the name of Bill Rollins, who's an attorney based in Honolulu, who's just like really into swimming. That was okay. his thing. Rollins literally could not believe how fast Kahanamoku was and decided that he would help coach like the 21 year old.
0: Oh, that's so cool. Yeah,
1: it was nuts. In August of the same year, Duke beat the world record of the 100-yard freestyle by almost five full seconds.
0: In that same year. Yes. So, like, his first year of formal coaching. Yeah. He beat the world record. And he
1: get this. He didn't do it in a pool. He did it in the Honolulu Harbor.
0: And typically the other swimmers would have done this in, yeah, a, in a
1: Yeah, in a pool, like, with, like, zero wind... Like, it's inside and everything. Wow. The record was, in fact, so unbelievable that the Amateur Athletic Union, the AAU, would not recognize it for years.
0: Are you kidding me?
1: (laughs) Yeah. Oh, and I also forgot to mention that he beats the world record of the 50 and 220 yard races as well.
0: And were those recognized?
1: No, those were not recognized either.
0: Wow, Regardless, that's so rude! Screw
1: the AAU. He was legendary.
0: They probably really didn't think like that a, a Hawaiian kid could like compete at the same level or whatever. Like how yeah. ignorant of them. Pretty Dude, much, yeah. That's crazy.
1: Yeah. Before we continue on with this narrative, uh, I just want to mention that at this point he became a Freemason because you know what? Just why not? What? Yeah, he became a Freemason. And if there are any Freemasons that happen to be listening here, it was of the Scottish Rite oh. branch. I have no idea what that means, but if you do, let us know.
0: That's crazy. And when uh, you said around this time, so in his early twenties?
1: Yeah, like twenty one.
0: That's nuts. Like a
1: rough. It, it, I kind. I, it was hard to pin down exactly when the date was, mm-hmm. but that was. It was. It was around this time.
0: I have a question. Sure. Is it not supposed to be secret that you're a Freemason?
1: No, I don't think so. There's Mm -hmm. this guy I follow on TikTok that, like, talks about it. Like, there are certain things he can't talk about, but generally he's like, yeah, it's pretty well documented. Also, like, famous people who are Freemasons and such.
0: That's really interesting. I would think it would need to be more secretive.
1: It's not like the Illuminati.
0: Well, it's less cool if it's not a secret.
1: (laughs) I think, yeah, I don't know. It's just a fraternal organization. Interesting. Yeah. Well, anyways, let's just go back to the story here. The AAU was curious about this kid, however, this upstart from Hawaii, and they decided to invite him out to California and the mainland to test him. Like, see, what's his metal? Uh, Money was tight, though, unfortunately, in his family, so Rollins and his friends organized potlucks and raised funds for him.
0: The assholes at the AAU weren't going to pay to bring him to California to test him?
1: I mean, are you even remotely surprised, though?
0: Oh my, that's so infuriating. They're the ones that don't, that are like questioning his integrity. And they're like, come over here so we can question your integrity in person. Pretty much, yeah. Okay. But yes, very sweet. Very sweet that the people were rallying around him when they shouldn't have had to. Right. Just going to say that.
1: But, you know, I, I thought it was it was a beautiful sentiment. Um, But, you know, I will say his time in the mainland United States uh, was tough, to put it lightly. I bet. For obvious reasons.
0: Um, Not obvious to everyone.
1: Not obvious to everyone. That's why I'm going to explain it. Uh, Duke was a dark-skinned, native-looking person, so he faced a lot of prejudice all across the country, from Los Angeles all the way to Pittsburgh.
0: Which is so
1: awful to think about. And you know what? How this badass responded? How? He just beat everybody in the pool. He beat everybody.
0: He's like, you know what? I'm just going to kick all your asses. Yeah. That's what I'm going to do. He
1: swam in races in Los Angeles, Pittsburgh, and Chicago, winning them all.
0: Wow. The,
1: spe- the spectators, especially in Pittsburgh, ridiculed him at first. Mm-hmm. But when he literally beat the world record again, those same spectators all of a sudden were like, Oh my God, this guy's amazing.
0: And they were cheering him on? You
1: just started cheering him on.
0: That is ridiculous.
1: Yeah. Huh. That's all I have to say about that. Mm-hmm. Huh. He was now, though, the good thing is he was now qualified for the 1912 Olympics in Stockholm.
0: Oh, that's incredible. Yeah. Like so early on and like he had just started competing.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, he's literally 22 years old. He just started competing the year prior and now he's qualified for the Olympics. And it was on this boat ride over uh, to Stockholm where he met fellow Native you know, American legend Jim Thorpe.
0: Two badass Native Americans, yeah, just representing kind of just the United States. I
1: know, and they, you know, they got along famously. Apparently,
0: I bet because they probably experienced so much of the same, like racism and prejudice and everything. And we're also just like, I'm a badass, you're a badass, exactly. Instant besties,
1: instant besties.
0: That's so cool.
1: And it was kind of weird too because they were like foils of each other on a, on like in a weird sense because he or Jim Thorpe was like this football star but he was also really good at track like running
0: was Jim Thorpe already a football player at this point
1: yes oh okay yeah so he was like a football star track star and uh, like on this boat and you know I'm not sure if this happened or if this was just part passed into legend or not but apparently uh Duke Kama- or Duke Kama- Kanamoku, excuse me Asked Jim Thorpe, "You can run, jump, throw things, and carry the ball. You do everything. So why don't you swim too?" To which Thorpe replied, "Duke, I save that for you to take care of."
0: <laughs> Jim Thorpe's like, "I dominate the land. Yeah, you I- must dominate the sea."
1: <laughs> That's pretty much exactly what happened.
0: <laughs> That's amazing. I know. I was
1: like, "Man, that is so cool." Ah, oh, fight. But- I could have just heard that conversation. I would like be so happy. Well, it came time for the hundred meter freestyle race, and Duke almost missed it. Get this, yeah,
0: at the Olympics.
1: Yeah, because he overslept, and you know the reason why he wasn't used to like in the Arctic during the summer months. No. It gets the days get so long, and so he had trouble sleeping.
0: Yes. So he
1: finally got to sleep. Uh, his circadian rhythms all messed up, and. One of his buddies had to like, was like, literally like ran in, busted into his room, like shook him awake and was like, hey, man, your race is about to start. He's like, he's probably like, oh,
0: crap. Oh, my God. And they almost
1: didn't let him race because, but one of his competitors, I think it was an Australian, if I, if I recall correctly. I'm not entirely sure. But one of them like was like, I will refuse to race unless you allow him. And they were competitors, right? Like, so it was in his best interest, you know, to not let uh, Duke race but he decided like it it wouldn't be like the honorable thing though
0: i was gonna say that's a very honorable competitor because he probably had heard how to how amazing right this young rising star was and was like it's not a true win if i don't beat him exactly that's so cool pure
1: athleticism right there
0: and what a nice way to like support him like you said like He could have easily turned a blind eye and been like, well, it'll be easier for me. But he stood alongside him and was like, nope, this isn't fair. Yeah. That's amazing. I know. And so they let him compete.
1: They let him compete and get this. He won the gold.
0: Oh, my God.
1: Yeah. With
0: oversleeping.
1: With oversleeping. Almost missing the race.
0: And now they treat Olympic athletes so differently. They like time how long they sleep, how many times they blink, (laughs) how many drops of water they consume. I heard
1: this and I was like... if the Olympics are a different animal nowadays. Yeah, like this was, I feel like more akin like to the ancient Olympics than like the like the nowadays modern Olympics.
0: It definitely sounds more casual if he could just oversleep and and there wasn't like a crew of people like right looking for him around him waking him up.
1: I think it was a lot more casual back then.
0: That's really interesting.
1: Yeah, um, and it was really cool. Is like King Gustav of Sweden.
0: King Gustav. King
1: Gustav personally awarded him the medal because he was so impressed so at how fast cool. he was. He was like, wow, this guy's amazing. I want to award him the gold medal.
0: That's the perks of being king, you guys. I
1: know. So if you ever have the chance to be a monarch, you should do it.
0: <laughs> um. <laughs> we should just end the podcast right there. Yeah,
1: there you go, guys. That's, that's the, it.
0: That's our great lesson. From Why be a
1: duke when you could be a king? Yes, that yeah. is our
0: great lesson from history for weirdos.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, um... After the Olympics, he traveled around the US and taught people, you know, swimming and surfing um, and even introduced the sport uh, of surfing to, you know, people on the East Coast, which Mm. had never really seen it before. Um, Interestingly, this had an unintended but positive um, effect, which was starting the desegregation of a lot of public beaches on the East Coast. It wasn't completely done at this time, but it at least got the ball rolling just kind of legit just like him being like yo i'm a surfer
0: do you think it was just to even allow duke to be on those beaches probably segregate them
1: right because he was he was like a dark-skinned native person that is
0: insane wow
1: i know and they were like well we have to like Give him an exception, right?
0: And we, so we need and to so give,
1: like just change the rules. Exactly.
0: Good. I'm so glad that was an unintended consequence I know, of this,
1: right? Yeah. Pretty cool. And it
0: also speaks to like you know this more again. I just this is like the media sentiment that I understand from surf culture is that it's very open, very accepting.
1: Most of the time, yeah.
0: Yeah. Are, is there drama amongst the?
1: Chill I surfers? do not want to get into it, but there was <laughs> a, and I. Guys, I, I apologize about this, but I think it is interesting. There was a time where there was these, like, baby boomer trust fund kids. Yeah. Like, I guess I shouldn't say kids because they're boomers. Like, adults. Like, full-blown adults that, like, in Palos Verdes here in Southern California, um, they had, like, basically this surf gang. And if you try to, like, surf in their beach, right? It's all public beach but if you tried to surf there they would like key your car and like <gasps> slash your tires and stuff like they that.
0: They were adults doing they this.
1: there were adults. This yeah, wasn't there was a children? whole No, this was no, these were full-blown like 40, 50, 60-year-old men.
0: That's ridiculous. That's like the antithesis of surf culture. Yeah, well I
1: mean there were trust fund kids.
0: Yeah. Like, that's nuts. Yeah. Okay.
1: So but yeah, there, there was a whole exposé on it like oh, and really? like the yeah, magazines or or newspapers here, yeah. It was really interesting stuff.
0: Google it, weirdos. Google it,
1: Google it. But, anyways, <laughs> I, I don't want to. Yeah, going back to Duke, though, our boy. Um, Australians love Duke, they loved him, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like,
0: big fans,
1: big fans, like, literally, they really were. Um, in 1914. He actually went to Australia to race and train with the Aussies and received an incredibly warm welcome there.
0: Yay! Unlike the mainland United States. <laughs> Unlike his, own, his I guess own country. His own country. That's ridiculous.
1: Yeah, and he was a huge sensation, like, wherever he went.
0: I um, bet. Because,
1: like, he was like, oh, my God, this guy's, like, a crazy good swimmer. Um, and get this, he spread surfing to Australia.
0: Wow. Yeah so what a beautiful legacy i know because
1: he saw basically and i'm gonna like <laughs> this is so bad but i'm gonna be like like a total like surf rower here he basically saw a bunch of tasty waves that were going unridden and mm-hmm. he's like i can't have this, this can no longer stand this can this can no longer stand and so what ended up he ended up doing was he bought a sugar pine plank because it's not like he's carrying a surfboard with him to australia uh, again, this was h- over 100 years ago. There, like, it's not like you have the carbon fiber boards of today. Um, and he bought this sugar pine plank and spent all day shaping it into an eight foot nine inch board, which he then used to surf the waves in Freshwater Beach in Sydney.
0: Very cool.
1: Very, very cool indeed. So this was quite literally unprecedented, and like insane amounts of people went to the beach. To watch him, and then and we're just going nuts because mm-hmm. they're like, "What is this guy doing?" Like,
0: "What is this?" Yeah,
1: "What is this thing that he's doing?"
0: How cool! Um,
1: he then like he basically put on a show, and he ended this you know quote unquote show by like getting uh, I guess some woman and hoisting her on his one of his shoulders while he rode in a wave.
0: They must have been so shocked.
1: <laughs> I can't even imagine like what was going on then yeah i know i really wish there was pictures of that but i don't I, there's was, there was artist renderings but i don't think I, i've seen any pictures of it
0: yeah i doubt they'd have a camera with them right yeah.
1: that would have been so cool but anyways it's it's pretty safe to say that at this point he's like a world famous swimmer and probably surfer now kind like that's like what he's a known surf as
0: ambassador
1: yeah exactly mm-hmm.
0: interesting you mentioned
1: that i think you're we'll, we'll get to that later 1916 Olympics in Berlin, in which Kahanamoku was training really hard for, was canceled due to World War One. Yeah, no surprises there. Right. Uh, but he kept on training and worked hard, um, and in fact, so hard that he, he made it to the 1920 Olympics in Antwerp. And so by the time you know these Olympics rolled around, he was 30 years old, and people feared he was too old. I take personal offense to that as a thirty-year-old. Um, so screw you guys.
0: Uh-huh. Uh huh.
1: Anyways, I just had to mention that. Um, I'm very offended. Anyways, he responded to these criticisms by get this, winning a gold medal in the hundred-meter freestyle, and also a team gold medal in the four-by-two hundred-meter relay.
0: He's breaking all the barriers throughout his life. That's incredible. I'm
1: just so happy for him at this point. Mm -hmm. He essentially just put the haters in their place. Mm
0: -hmm. I mean. Over and over again. Over and
1: over again. Also, I don't know if listeners can even hear this, but Stella's just running around right now. Because she's really, really stoked on Duke right now.
0: She's really hyped for this episode. Yeah. And so she's just running back and forth with excitement, I'm sure.
1: Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> she, she She's confirmed. I don't know if you guys can hear, but she confirmed that. Okay. So I would just want to go on and mention that um, he was so popular at this time that he had to have a chaperone with him because folks would just straight up mob him.
0: Yeah. Like
1: he was like, he was like literal, like, like our equivalent of like, like a movie star or something. I don't yeah. even know. Like it was just, I mean, he was just so He was popular. a celebrity was a, for sure. He was a massive celebrity. Um, he would also go on to compete in the 1924 Olympics, winning the silver medal, just barely. He almost won the gold and was planning on racing in the 1928 Olympics as well, but was, you know, unfortunately taken out by illness. Mm. You know, like in the 1928 Olympics, he would have been like 38 years old.
0: That's incredible. Yeah.
1: And as a 34 year old, he won a silver barely I think losing to someone much younger than he was that's
0: insane
1: and he was just dominant at the sport of swimming at this time mm-hmm. um so one of and I think why he's a hero or you know hero person I look up to whatever um, comes from this story and which is my favorite story of his that took place in my hometown of Newport Beach California June 14th 1925. Um, massive waves were hitting uh, the Newport Harbor. And one of these waves ended up overturning a fishing boat while it was attempting to enter the harbor.
0: Oh, no. Yeah.
1: So uh, Duke just happened to be right there. And he paddled out with his board into the surf and saved eight people.
0: Oh, wow. Luckily,
1: he had a couple of friends with him, and they saved an additional four people.
0: Oh, thank God.
1: Yeah, so 12 people in total were saved. He's a hero, but, you know, unfortunately, he didn't see it this way because five fishermen drowned before they were rescued. And mm. um, I think he took that very hard, like as a, almost as a personal failing And those
0: people passed, even though he saved all those lives
1: because he didn't save everyone. And so I think he took that really, really hard. Um, And he left the scene before, you know, before the media got there or anything, because Mm -hmm. like, it would have been a huge story and he just didn't, he just didn't want to be a part of it.
0: That's so sad. I can't imagine the trauma of watching, you know, trying to save people's lives and watching them die. That's incredibly hard.
1: Yeah, and um just from based base of everything I've read, he was a very like soft-spoken, like gentle soul, so mm-hmm. I think that really like hurt him.
0: Mhm. A gentle giant cuz he was big.
1: Yeah, he's 6-1. Mhm.
0: Um
1: but yeah, he He just couldn't face anyone congratulating him knowing that folks died on his watch. You know, not like... And they didn't die on his watch, right? He just happened to be there and he saved people that would have ended up drowning anyways. Mm -hmm. But like, again, like he just didn't see it that way. Wow. So one of the positives that came out of this though was that lifeguards started using longboards actually because of this incident as tools to rescue people.
0: Oh my God. Because they were... That's because of him? That's
1: because of him. And and i can tell you as like a former Newport Beach junior lifeguard myself true fun fact that lifeguards still use longboards to this day
0: that is insane like i use
1: longboards in training and that was because of duke
0: that's insane that I he know. like set this like safety precedent yeah because how i think the rescue sounds incredibly impressive
1: i yeah, of course mm-hmm. yeah it was i mean 12 people just like on one board like Wow! If he didn't have that board, there's no way he could have. Right, even he could have
0: in... saved that many people. Right,
1: mm-hmm. and also just in massive surf too. Jeez. Anyways, um, at this point in life, he you know like he was done com- competitively um, swimming, swimming, and so he had kind of like a various array of jobs, including a mechanic, a lifeguard, and even an actor.
0: Oh, all very different jobs.
1: <laughs> very different jobs. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and you can even go on Wikipedia to this day and see his um, his filmography.
0: That's really cool. He
1: didn't have any like major parts, right. but like generally in like a lot of the times he was probably like more of like a stuntman kind of thing. That's so cool. though. But yeah, like he was in um, he was in a bunch of movies.
0: I, I'm sure again because he was a celebrity and he had yeah. all of these like physical skills. That sounds like a great fit.
1: I know. I think so. Um, and get this, he also became the sheriff of Honolulu because, you know, of course, why not, right?
0: He became the sheriff, but and he's he, not a cop. He,
1: but he <laughs> served 13 consecutive terms from 1932 to 1961, almost 30 years.
0: as sheriff but without being a cop? Yeah. That's incredible. So
1: he, like, basically, to put that in perspective for us, like, like sort of towards the beginning of, like, the Great Depression, right? Mm-hmm. All the way through World War II mm-hmm. and into, right, like, all the way in the 50s and, like, into, like, the basically the year that JFK got, um, uh, no, the first year of JFK's presidency. Mm-hmm. Like, that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And it was during this time that he met a woman by the name of Nadine Alexander at the age of, and so, and also at the age of 50, he uh, married her.
0: Oh. Yeah, 1940. He got married at the age of 50? Yes. That's his first marriage?
1: His first marriage, yeah, 1940.
0: Oh, she must have been very special. That's a long time to go without getting married,
1: right? And I, you know, what's crazy is I couldn't find anything about their relationship or anything like that, or like
0: how they met, or what yeah, they were like, like I think
1: he was he met like they met through a friend or something like that. But like beyond that, like yeah,
0: that's nuts.
1: So, um, kind of like a, just a quick aside: when World War Two bro- broke out, or broke out, he did work as a military cop. Okay, so that's he was good. an so MP. He, he-
0: he obtained some policeman He's, experience in the middle of his sheriff. But interestingly,
1: though, kind of something kind of crazy happened um, in the terms of like the grand legal proceedings of like the United States. He was involved in a Supreme Court case, Duncan v. Kanemoku. What? Yeah. Um, it's actually kind of a la- somewhat landmark case because like it involved the legality of a military policeman, Kanamoku in this case, arresting a civilian. And the, the courts eventually found this to be unconstitutional and sorry, Duke, but I kind of agree with them on that one. Um, yeah, I, I, I agree. I think, you know, World War II, this shit was happening, but I agree with the courts.
0: But how sweet that he, he probably saw the dude doing wrongdoings.
1: Yeah. And I think it was because he was drunk or something. And like.
0: was like, you need to calm down.
1: Yeah. Cause I seriously doubt that like he was going on a power trip. That was yes. just so not his, yes. his like M.O.
0: So a loss for him.
1: A loss for him. And I agree. But at the same time, you know, the guy probably had it coming. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Agreed. Yeah. But moving on to cooler things, he was <laughs> named the Aloha Ambassador of Hawaii <laughs> <laughs> when it became the 50th state in 1959. Yes. Don't even ask me what that was about, but it's just cool. Like, you're the Aloha Ambassador. That's like,
0: a really good title to so. have.
1: Yeah, exactly. I wish I could be Aloha <laughs> That would
0: have looked great on his LinkedIn.
1: I know. I really would have. Imagine his LinkedIn nowadays (laughs) surfing icon, aloha (laughs) ambassador, former sheriff,
0: (laughs) mechanic, Mechanic. actor, lifeguard.
1: I know. So, I mean, he obviously embodied the aloha spirit, Mm -hmm. Avi. So maybe that's why. But again, what it even did or what he did during it or like what his responsibilities were, I have no idea.
0: Maybe it was just honorific because he did bring so much awareness of Hawaiian culture to the like, mainland and the yeah, world.
1: That's a good point. Yeah, mm-hmm. very true. Um, and one of the last recorded things he did in life was, you know, like, of you know, that was of note. Mm-hmm. Um, he danced the hula with the Queen Mother of England.
0: <gasps> the Queen Mother? The
1: Queen Mother. So Queen Elizabeth's mother.
0: Oh my God! They hula danced together. They
1: hula danced. together. I love how you
0: said that's one of the last things he did. <laughs> of note. <laughs> of note was hula dancing. Well, it's
1: because the only the reason why I say that is because like later on in life, like a lot of his, his, I think he he became a little bit more private.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he's so, older. He's
1: older. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so I mean it makes sense, and so like he just couldn't.
0: He didn't do as much like exciting stuff. Right. But what exactly. an exciting life! Like
1: he's not winning gold medals when he's sixty. Right. Um, I'm
0: sure that looked really cool though. Him teaching her. Hula dance, yeah,
1: I know. Mm -hmm. I I just thought it was so cool. And it's so, and remember, the beginning of this episode, I mentioned that this wasn't his only connection to like English royalty.
0: Oh, you brought it back, I
1: brought it back, baby. The Queen Mum, the Queen Mother. So, after a long life of just general badassery, he you know died on January 22nd, 1968, at the age of 77.
0: Mm.
1: He was an icon of the 20th century, period. And, was, but, and also was the first person to be in, inducted into both the Swimming and Surfing Hall of Fame. And he was also ad, uh, inducted into the Olympic Hall of Fame as well.
0: Wow.
1: Um, There's also a bar in mm-hmm. Malibu, California on PCH that was named after him. So, you know, there you have it, folks. That's obviously the biggest thing of his legacy.
0: My mom and dad love it. It's called Dukes.
1: It's called Dukes. That's yes. where all the
0: pictures are. Of Duke and of all the big old wooden surfboards. That's where I got those images Oh, yeah, in they're head. probably from
1: like the 20s and 30s then, I'm yeah. guessing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's pretty dope.
0: It's a good restaurant. I recommend it yeah. <laughs> if you all want to go. I
1: drive by it all the time. There's a nice well, view. All the time, but yeah. And so there you go, guys. That was the life and legacy of the big kahuna, Duke Kahanamoku.
0: Yay! Thank you so much, babe.
1: Thank you for listening, and listeners, thank you for listening as well. So, before we forget, my sources. Uh, this I actually used a book that we have. It's a children's book, um, but it's so awesome and has amazing illustrations. It's called "Server of the Century" by Ellie Crow.
0: I bought the book because it looked really good. Yeah, and I have purchased a handful of books for our non-existent children. <laughs> Because I'm a book nerd.
1: Yes. Also, <laughs> dukeswaikiki.com, Surfer Today, Encyclopedia Britannica, and our favorite, of course, Wikipedia.
0: Awesome. Yes. And also, do check out the children's book if you have children or you enjoy children's literature. Surfer of the Century.
1: Surfer of the Century. That's
0: where you saw like the really pretty artist renderings, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. I mean,
1: really, really pretty. And it was just, I don't know, it's just really cool. I think this person did like a decent amount of research as yeah. well. Yeah. So it was nice to just kind of lean on her work.
0: And I'm glad it, yes, it served as a reference um, document for you. <laughs> yes,
1: exactly. So boom, there you go, guys. <laughs> well,
0: thank you so much, Weirdos. That was an incredible story. I loved learning more about this icon. Like, I was going to say surfing icon, but just icon in general.
1: I think he was just an American, like, 20th century icon. Yes. Like, period.
0: Absolutely. Um, so thank you all for listening. Check out our Instagram at historyforweirdos for pictures related to this episode. You can follow us there, leave us comments, message us. Um, messages are harder for us to get to. So if you have like an episode request or anything like that, definitely leave a comment and we'll see those more quickly. Mm-hmm. You can also email us at weirdos at gmail.com. And do not forget to rate, review, and subscribe of because course. it's super, super nice and it means a lot to us. And we really appreciate you all very much.
1: Yes, thank you guys. And until next time, weirdos.
0: Until next time.
1: Adios.